Fieldscom. Go on, tell us what, what the date and time is. What what's going on? The date and time is Sunday. Does it matter what day it is? It does, Ben. Know, we don't. We don't even know. <laughs> it's sometime in the future, um, or past. It'd be the past when you listen to this. We're doing a long drive home from self isolation. Hooray! Hooray! Uh, Hopefully it'll have the usual dynamism that it has (laughs) when we're all together. But we've we've got a special guest on today in the shape of our very good friend, Ben Murray, who's our live engineer when we can afford him, which is very infrequently. (laughs) Yeah. Um, on Ben, tell us, tell us what you do for us. And uh, uh, oh, I do very little. I just turn up and turn news up. You know, <laughs> it's it's easy working with a good band because you can, you know, you're not spending all day polishing turds. Just ro- <laughs> just just rolling them in glitter, as they all say. All right, all right. But yeah, I I just I do front of house. Um, I have done uh, Arc Tangent for the last few years, barring the barring the uh, the fallow year where you just didn't play <laughs> yes. a couple of years ago. How dare they? I know, ridiculous. A, a sad time in all of our lives. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's that's what I do for you guys, amongst others, as well as festivals and whatnot. So what are we gonna mm. do? Are we gonna are we gonna like read out some some tweets first? Or well, we, we should probably. I, I was gonna say that this is a sound engineer special, uh, so that's why we've got a sound engineer is on. <laughs> uh, we put a tweet out uh, for some of your worst, some people's worst experiences with sound engineers, and conversely, because I think it's important to have a sound engineer on to to argue back the case because obviously uh, yeah. sound engineers tend to get a bit of a bad rep as being miserable and sarcastic and that's just you Ben yeah. um, but uh, <laughs> what do you reckon Ben, so, ben do you reckon we, we should sorry Ben Griffiths do you reckon we should hmm. um, read Ben Murray a tweet and get a reaction from him oh that's see, good like yeah. a live, and, live reaction yeah, and, <laughs> and see and see see if the sound engineer is I, right after I all I turned up to a pub with my hurdy gurdy and it, it just didn't <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have the infrastructure there. To, um, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Um, I've, I've got the um, I've got some of the tweets up on my laptop. I don't know if okay. you've got any up, but I've I've I've, I've pre-prepared. Um, I like this one. This is from at Mr. Elliot Dyson. Hopefully, there's a relation. Um, engineer once interrupted us mid-song in soundcheck to tell us about an article he read that stated the human brain can only comprehend three separate sounds at once. Therefore, our music was, quote, too busy and we should consider rewriting it. Wow. A man who's never had an orchestra in his life, obviously. <laughs> yes, <laughs> indeed. Or anything that isn't a chord, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> a standard major triad. Um, but this is, this is one from uh, the band Castles, uh, Cassells, uh, at Castles Official. Who are label mates about? What is it, Castles or Cassells, Ben? It's, 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 it's Cassells. It's Cassells. Cassells. Not, I, I, not, ca- sorry, not Castles. Not going down <laughs> not, the, not, the National Not fucking Castles. Um, they said, once played a show on Pancake Day. Had loads of time, so asked the engineer if we could go get pancakes and soundcheck a bit later. He replied, hey, don't even soundcheck for all I care. Yeah. 
So yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, sounds good. <laughs> um, uh, as he then proceeded to essentially troll us for the entirety of our set, I asked for no smoke. Saw him sat with his finger pressed down on the smoke machine as I wore it on. As for no reverb on the vocals, he put a mad delay, not just on the vocals, but on everything, including drums. I, I love that delayed snare drum thing. Because uh, there was an engineer who used to work at Gulliver's in Manchester that, that used to do that all the damn time. And he was one of those engineers as well that was like, your amps, are, everything needs to be on like one. No louder than than like, I don't know. A, a domestic hoover or something and uh, uh just the snare drum throughout this entire festival it's like an all day and the snare was just going bop, 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 for like <laughs> the whole set oh, it was ghastly me. have you ever done that ben uh what delayed a snare drum I mean, sort of, as a... As a Have you ever delayed a snare drum? <laughs> oh, no. I, I, I actually used to work at night in the mask in Liverpool called Eat Your Greens, and they did have reggae bands on, live reggae band, dub band, or dub, 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 dub. And uh, the standard uh, setup for the night was, I think the doors were about 8 or 9 p.m. or something, they have, like, people playing dubstep, DJs playing up until midnight, and at midnight the band would go on. Now... For anyone who's ever worked with worked with any dub bands, they'll probably know that they didn't turn up for any sound check. Not one band ever turned up for a sound check. They just rolled in, rolled up, blazed, yeah, blazed. <laughs> but, but, but whatever their instruments were on the on the stage, and then somebody had eventually come to front of house with a siren, <laughs> or like a. And uh, they'd either have their own front of house guy who would who would insist on delaying the snare, or they'd have somebody stood next to me, insisting that I delay the snare <laughs> and, and apply and apply effects in at the correct moments in their songs that I didn't know. Oh God! So that was all, that was all. <laughs> See, that's kind of interesting because our mate uh, Paul Russell does front of house for a band called The Skints, but he's their oh, touring yeah. engineer. So he knows when to do that stuff. And he's really, really well tuned into doing that. So uh, I, I, stood, I stood by him. Uh, he mixed him at 2000 Trees. And he had like a, um, a couple of bits. He had like a, a Roland Space Echo. What was the bus one? The little compact pedal one that he had like, I think he had the snare running through or a few elements running through it. And he tapped the tempos and he'd play it. It was like he was, he was like an extra member of the band. But yeah. the coolest thing he had was um, was a spring reverb with uh, the the springs are exposed. So occasionally on like a big snare hit, he just whack the uh, yes. the springs and he'd get this big brush. But yeah. he cool. knew how to do that, or at least he yeah. knew all their songs and he knew the appropriate places in which to do it. The idea that someone would be like. Why don't you know when to put a, a fucking oscillating DM2 delay over the entire mix? Why don't you know that, you fucking dick? Why don't I just, I'll just put it on at the start and just go just outside and smoke if you want. Leave it, <laughs> just leave it oscillating for the whole set. My favourite one, and I can, I can actually... Um, um, I, what's the word? Um, I, I can um, sympathise with this particular live engineer because the same thing has actually happened to me and I've done the same thing. Um, this is from uh, Slug, um, who was the bass player from Field Music Live 
Oh, I like yeah, yeah, I love, I love field music. Man. I love, I love field music too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, I like them as well. <clears throat> so hello. Um, yeah, I found out what it felt like to have our first Glastonbury gig ruined by the onstage sound fella pressing the reset button halfway through the second song. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw that one. I think I, re- yeah, yeah. I think I replied to that one with the, the old the old P forty five button. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we call it in the business. Absolutely catastrophic. But, but I can, but I can. I, I can totally sympathise because I know that on on um, Yamaha like, desks, Yamaha and 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 M thirty twos where the user defined user defined keys are. Oh yeah, you can you can quite easily put your elbow on the um, the seam up. Yeah, and uh, set and and then and then just set it back to the initial memory. Um, oh, and okay. I I've, I've I've done that before in front of about three hundred people and just set the entire hall into feedback. Oh. Like, and I was just like, what have I done? What have I done? And I was just like, oh my God, just like turning stuff down and it was still going. I was just like, oh my Lord, what have I done? <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I realised that I'd, that I'd just basically done previous scene. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I didn't get me back. Uh, I've done that before with a with an LS9 years ago. Did a whole sound check on the LS9 32. This big... Big band, they had like three guitars, acoustic guitars, keyboards, backing vocals up the ass, <laughs> everything. And uh, did a 20 minute sound check with them. Everybody was happy. I went to save and I pressed recall instead. Oh, shit. The whole, the whole scene just went straight back to zero. Now, at that time, I didn't realize there was an undo function. So, <laughs> What I decided to do was say, do us a favour, guys. Give us another verse and chorus of that last song and furiously gain everything <laughs> up to roughly roughly where it was previously. <laughs> we finished the song and didn't even notice. They just went, yeah, sounds great. Brilliant. Like, no great job. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Um, I, I, actually, <laughs> I actually do have uh, a, similar, a similar story to throw into the mix because... I've done a couple of like front of house gigs uh, when I used. I was to... going to say you, you and Greg can sit on both sides of this sort of fence. Yeah, I, d- I didn't even you? think about that. And uh, I was mixing mixing this band. There was sort of a folk band, really good folk band at um, uh, the venue I used to work at, the Grand and Clitheroe. And uh, I don't do front of house very often. Like every now and again, they they'd like get me to do it, and I'd always like shit myself because I don't enjoy it particularly. And I was like, this is going all right. It sounds nice from my perspective. But I was running monitors from front of house. Didn't realise or completely forgotten that, owing to my inexperience, that I'd completely muted out all of the monitor feeds, all of the monitor sends before the show, just so there was, you know, just out of course. And they start playing and uh, they're going, they're playing like, couple of songs in that they're still going pointing at monitors give me more give me more and i'm just there like feeding them loads more gaining it up going like why can't they hear anything i don't understand what's going on fucking couple of channels like completely maxed out and then eventually i realize that all of the aux sends to the monitors are muted and instead of of gaining everything back down I just fucking unmuted everything in in an instant like that. And everything was fucking wound all the way up. There's all these folk musicians just wanging away on their fucking oolies or whatever they're playing. Is that an instrument? I don't know. Um, They're playing... (laughs) (laughs) 
uh, and I just see them on stage, all of them just collectively recoil in horror as all the monitors oh. just fucking slam it up in their faces and the, oh. and the, the fucking guitar Bleeding players are like going everywhere. like this and they're just going, down, down. <laughs> so I'm like, whoop, shit. Ah. So yeah, that was that was maybe one of the last times I ever did front of house actually thinking about it. So that was and good. rightly so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I am. Yeah. I've. I've it just while you've said that, a memory of mine has come screaming back into my head. I, I'd forgotten it existed. Um, when I did, I didn't even didn't even do sound. I just plugged a laptop into my PA system at, at, a, mate, at, a, at a mate's wedding, but it went really <laughs> badly because I got asked to do it. But the whole affair was a bit calamitous. I got a phone call about half seven of an evening from a mate of mine. And he was like, I'm doing this gig at a wedding, uh, a mate of ours, I'm off air. I'll tell Ben Murray who he is because he knows this fella. Um, but has had said he was going to provide a PA and just hasn't turned up. So there's nothing to put any music through and it's half seven and it's the night do. Can we please use your system? So I was like, yeah, okay. I was only half an hour down the road. So I bombed it up to Runcorn somewhere. Um, and uh, they needed to do the first dance, so I got it, loaded it all up dead, dead quick, and I plugged in the only the only leads that I had with me. I plugged in into this iPod, and then I said, "Oh, I just give it, give it a little test." All the sound coming right. I introduced them, like your first dance, Mister and Mrs. Whatever, and it's that last by uh, 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 James only. Uh, the cable, I think, was one half of the stereo cable where the other half was missing maybe mm. sheer dust oh. and so all you heard was the old one-legged cable sadness oh, God. one-legged <laughs> cable I, sadness <laughs> and they were all looking at me like well, where's Where's the singing? <laughs> it's a, it, man, it's amazing if you've got like hard oh, pan vocals or, or like, like split pan lead vocals and you've got one half missing and like you've got like no vocals. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like really weird stuff. But if you like invert it, yeah, it's really mad. Like, you could have got out, you could have got away with that one, Ben, if you'd have said, I thought the first dance was supposed to be that all about that bass, no treble. <laughs> Very good, Dad. Very um, good. So, so, <laughs> father of many. <laughs> father to all. What about um, some of the shows that we've done down the years? Oh yeah. And 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 the, the venue engineer and location can stay secret. Can I jump in first with one that isn't this band <laughs> just to get it um, out of the way? And it's not even. It's the sound engineer. He didn't do anything. It wasn't to do with the live sound, but it's something he said. So I was in a band called Falls a couple of years ago, and the singer, Martin, for, for context, is from a travelling background. He's from a gypsy travelling background. Oh, no. We get there. We turn to the sound engineer, who's the only one there, and said, oh, all right, um, if you've got the, you know, we're like, this is after we'd loaded in or whatever. If you've got the Wi-Fi code, and he went, yeah, it's I hate pikeys. Oh, God. Oof. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's, oh, that's tasteless. Yeah, it's where, massively where, tasteless. Where do you Racist. go from there? Yeah. Well, Martin, obviously, Martin, do, do, Martin, if you've ever met Martin, he doesn't. Yeah, he he very much stands his ground. He does. Yeah. <laughs> Good lad, man. Had a very very big 
long chat with this man about why he shouldn't use that word and rightly so. Um, but that's that's a good way to ingratiate yourself to a band. Small link to that. Uh, there's my brother's moved into a new building, and there's uh, an internet connection in there that's called Pretty Fly for a Wi-Fi. Great, yeah, very good. Yeah, and also, was also on, was... linked to a uh, link to Tom's <laughs> muted send sadness story that he told us before. <laughs> I was doing uh, I was doing monitors for Jimmy Cliff at festival in twenty must be twenty eighteen now. Uh, as usual, his his kind of his crew came to the stage. You, you'll have somebody come up, and on on a big festival main stage, you'll have like a, a monitor engineer. You'll have a, a patch engineer who who patches the cables into the stage box, and then you'll have kind of stage techs who who move the microphones and the equipment around. So so we had Jimmy Cliff's crew come up to uh, to stage. Gave us the patch, talked, introduced themselves, and I met their engineer. Now they didn't have a monitor engineer with them. He only had a front of house guys, and the front of house guy was determined that he wanted to set all the levels for the monitors before he went back to front of house. Now, you know, I was like, uh, okay, if that's what you want to do. Then you know, I'm, I'm going to be up in the show. But if he wants to gain things up, then that's fine. So. I, I stood with him to watch, make sure he was okay. I think it was on like a Yamaha, like a, a CL5 or something like that. And uh, he kept he kept muting the sends when he wanted to unmute them because Yamaha desks have that they they light up when they're when they're, when they're on when they're on. Whereas most of the desks light up when they're muted. It's uh, you know like a red light above the yeah, channel or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So he kept muting the sends and gaining things and gaining things and going, looking at me, it's not working. I was like, yeah, yeah, your channel's muted. And I'd lean over and point at it. And he'd go, oh, yeah, unmute it. And then he'd mute the next one and do the same thing. Oh, God. Was, <laughs> you know, and you, you guys know me. I'm a very patient guy. That's a joke, folks. I gave, I gave him about... I gave him about five or six minutes of this BS before I was like, mate, <laughs> you are muting the channels. You're gaining things up and you can't hear it because you've muted it. <laughs> there, was, there, was some, there was some kind of barriers involved, be it language or just, just general sense, but he just couldn't get his head around this. And I, I was like, oh, okay. So then the, the band come out, everyone's sound checking all their individual instruments. Uh, and I'm stood watching over this guy's shoulder thinking, oh, what the fuck? This is going to go so wrong. This is going to go, yeah. Oh. <laughs> and then uh, he he walks away from the console. The band start playing. And I'm like, you know, is this, are we running a verse or something here so we can check the monitors? Uh, no, this is it. They've started. Fuck so yeah. the front of house, the front of house guy isn't even at front of house yet, and the band has started. <laughs> so, so a colleague of mine who was really looking forward to Jimmy Cliff, who's a huge fan, was at front of house trying his best to get all the levels, and you know he he, he wanted to mix it himself. But then this clown rocks up to the desk, and I looked at every single channel on that desk, and every one was lit up red, uh... clipping. But, but at this point, everything's still everything's still muted. <laughs> so 
So they've got no I, monitors then? No monitors. There, there must be 20 seconds into a song, 30 seconds oh. into something. Everyone's looking at me and I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, so, I, so I had about 15 seconds to fix every single gain on every single channel. And then I just unmuted all the monitors with a, a sense of fear and <laughs> And the whole stage just let out this kind of dull, like, boom. Oh, no. <laughs> not, not, not like, not feeding back, but just teetering on the edge of chaos. <laughs> and, you know, you know that, you know, when you can hear something's going to feed, but you've got, like, 40 channels, 13 monitor mixes plus side fills. And you're looking at it thinking, what's that going to be that's feeding back? You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it took me a, a song and a half, maybe two songs to get everything sounding nice and sweet uh, to the point where I, I just made my own little mix of Jimmy Cliff in my listen wedge for, for the second half of the show and just enjoyed the band. No, that's good. Sounds a lot. Yeah. It's, it, it baffles me how uh, how someone can get to that level and be sort of that incompetent. And, oh, you know, I'm you... sure that he's probably the sort of engineer, if he's, if he's anything like sort of Jimmy Cliff, he's probably mm. spent a lot of time working on like beat up old analog desks and things like that, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. yeah. So he's probably um... not brought himself up to speed with like digital consoles and how they work and all that kind oh, of stuff. Saying he didn't know digital consoles isn't much of an excuse it's like a doctor turning up with a fucking hacksaw <laughs> and going you know well look, this is all i know so i'm just gonna cut your leg off you know i mean <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't know what that guy's particular thing was where you know but you, you do see it a lot you see bands who who are friends with people and then they, they take them on tour with them and they they the band outgrow the engineer massively. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's there's a there's one band in particular I can think of which remains nameless at this time. <laughs> uh, who, who did that exact that, thing? Tell us off. Tell us doing, off, Air Ben. Absolutely. <laughs> and they're doing some massive, massive shows, and this cat was just making an absolute pig's ear of it. And but you know he's he's still getting work just off the back of. Having that name on his CV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's very strange. Um, do you want another tweet? Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is from, another tweet. Uh, this is from our good friend Mike Van Art at Van Art, um, who obviously plays for Biff Clara. That fucking uh, <laughs> prick. Yeah, all that. Uh, Biffy headlining leads front of her house desk crashes fifteen minutes into the set. Sound completely dies. Our guy looks at his assistant and says, shit, this is fucking bad, isn't it? Yeah, came his response. <laughs> That's it. Great. That's it. I mean, what what exactly did you want him to say? You know, oh, hang on, I'll just go and get another desk. Have, I mean, you, ever, have you heard the, um, the soundboard recording from the, the time, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, it was a Pink Floyd gig and mm. the... As far as I can remember, the sound but did the soundboard catch fire or it was, the whole wasn't, thing? It was the lighting rig wasn't it's it? It's the lighting rig. It it's more yeah. like the lampies. It was yeah. Fucking mad. That's light. it. But if you but yeah, the, the, the audio the, recording of that. The spider. <laughs> there's a bit. There's a bit where like a spider lands on the desk. 
and the lumpy the lumpy like freaks out he's like oh my god the spider's around here <laughs> you can hear this on the bootleg yeah it's, it's like it's uh it's all on youtube somewhere and, and there's like i'm sure at the end of it he's just like fuck man i'm just gonna go home or something like that it's just it's, it's really funny it's good who wants to speak well i was gonna interject with another falls story of a sound engineer but there was the well i'll, I'll do two one that involves sound engineer like uh, specific sound engineering uh, like gripe but one of them we played a venue in sheffield and it was a terrible gig it was a really bad gig but it was one of these places where there was either you had the light in the room was on or the light in the room was off there was no additional lighting <laughs> right? <laughs> right and so martin's like well it's still it was like um, a daytime gig so i was like just turn the fucking lights off and we'll still get light coming through and it'll you know it'll look much better so martin turns the light off we start the set and the sound engineer just goes over and turns the light back on so martin and the sound engineer proceed to have this sort of standoff for half an hour where they just oh just take it in turns to go and turn the light on or off again <laughs> Great. And that's that one. The that's other one good. was... <laughs> yeah. If I may interject on that point, um, you couldn't pay me enough money to give a shit about turning the light on or off. <laughs> <laughs> the other one was... Right, so Falls used to do the whole play in the crowd thing, um, and which would mean that you'd get certain sound engineers who would blame you for breaking their already fucked equipment. Right. Um, so much so that a venue in London... One of the, uh, oh, oh, which was owned and ran by a reputable online magazine. Um, that's about as specific as I'll be. The sound engineer forced me to pay him 40 quid for a mic stand I didn't break. Brilliant. I remember that one actually, because that, that was when, that was in your sort of manic phase. And, and I assume that he was just like, oh, I bet they've broken something, was probably the thing his, is, we his were. Attitude. Well, we used to put things in the crowd, but we weren't like a smashy, smashy kind of band. No. We were, we were very respectful because oh, I know smashy, how much things... Smashy, smashy bands can absolutely fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> smash, smash your own gear or fuck off. Have you ever had anyone smash your gear up then? Oh, yeah, man. I had a guy throwing mic stands off the stage... Big bearded fellow with glasses. He was no one. Uh, no, it was, uh, <laughs> I never used to play. I never yeah. used to play with my glasses on. Whatever. So, uh, so yeah. So I had this uh, the guy throwing mic stands off the stage in the middle of. He was making some political protest or other. Um, uh, at one of the one of the local local festivals many moons ago. Was uh, it hope and, hope and glory festival? No festival today. No, no, no. It was a different one. I, I wasn't involved in that one, but I did get a phone call from somebody who was working it on the Friday night. Who said, "Can you help? Can you come in now?" This was about ten to midnight. Can you come in now and help us take all our speakers out because we're not doing the gig tomorrow? And I was like, I just said no. Quite, quite rightly. But uh, for those who aren't aware, by the way, of Hope and Glory Festival. Is there a website that you can look it all up? Because I'm not going to do it justice. Probably, it's basically it. Liverpool's yeah. answer to Fire Festival, isn't it? Really? Oh, it's yeah. brilliant. Try, start with Google and see how you get on. Yeah, Hope and Glory <laughs> Festival. No yeah. festival today. So yeah, we had a, we had this guy throwing mic stands off the stage. This is the same man who, when I was 15 years old, came up to me on Bold Street, which is 
one of the main shopping streets in Liverpool, uh, came up to me uh, while I was wearing a Pink Floyd T-shirt and told me to snort coke and listen to the Lars because the <laughs> because the Floyd because the Floyd is shite. Really, what a guy! Fuck yeah, hell. I mean, and, and, uh, you've, you've you've definitely told me who that person is, haven't you? In the past, oh yeah, yeah, Defo, yeah. And, and I reckon there's a few people listening who will go, I know who that was. <laughs> because, he, because he's a well-known dipshit. <laughs> yeah. he, got, he, he got he got um he got accosted by me and my brother when he came off stage and um unceremoniously marched to a cash point so we could go and get the money for our mic stands. Brilliant, what good effort. Um, can I just go back to that that Lars anecdote and say <sighs> I think that, uh, the the Lars are the Lars really a cocaine band? Uh, they don't really come across as a oh. fucking cocaine band. I think I there, I mean, there she goes is about um, watching their heroin. drug dealer disappear down the road, isn't it? I thought it was about heroin. <laughs> I don't know. A I female know. drug dealer coursing through know. my veins and <laughs> no, whatnot. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> we'll have to get um, Lee Mavis on next week. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I, I think I'd quite like to talk about a couple of. Uh, Alpha male tea party sound engineer experiences. Yeah, there's okay. a couple. There's a couple that spring to mind, and I am going to name this this cunt. Uh, that's a strong word. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it was. It was. Do you remember the gig that we played at the Washington in Sheffield? I knew um, you'd bring this one. It's just oh, that the guy yeah, yeah, was yeah. such a wanker. It's it's basically one of those kind of front of house engineers where you kind of question why he's bothering to do it for a job. You uh-huh. probably get more enjoyment out of I don't know working at Greg's or something. He seemed yeah. so disinterested in actually doing his job. So he turned up. He had a hangover. He made it very, very clear to us immediately that he had a hangover, mm. and he'd also forgotten his earplugs. So. He decided it was Fucking our noob. it was our fault that he didn't have his earplugs with us. This guy <laughs> proceeded to tell us that we needed to play quieter because it was hurting his ears. Correct. He then also asked Greg if there was any way that he could play his snare drum quieter than he was playing it. Asked him yeah. if he could damp the snare drum out some. So Greg, a man who doesn't know Greg. Yes, indeed. So some you actually even attempted to damp it out, didn't you, Greg? Yeah, I think I had like um had like a second snare drum head somewhere, so I just chucked it on, but that doesn't really take any volume off it. It just no. it just sounded absolute garbage. Yeah, man. And then um, always have a tea towel on you, Greg. Bring it up. I know, man. Just just to really, you know, bring bring the bring the energy down. That's what we need. <laughs> And uh, the other thing he said to me, I was kind of setting my amp up, and he was like, I mean, you know, I guess he's sort of got a point, but I choose to ignore the point that he made, which was, is it really necessary for you to use two amps? I was like, well, I mean, probably no, but I like it, and it's part of what makes my guitar sound what it is. So I'm going to use two amps, thanks very much. 
And uh, at that point, I had the amps kind of stacked on top of each other. And I said, well, you know, it's like, it's quite good for kind of stereo effects and stuff. And he was like, well, surely you should have an amp on either side of the stage. I was like, well, yeah, but you still get some sense of, of two different signals coming out of two amps, blah, 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 whatever. He's just a, just a pain in the arse. Just... It's just say, listen, mate, just fucking mic up what I've put on the stage, all right? Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, don't you worry about me and my sound and what it means for me, you know, philosophically. <laughs> some fucking microphones on what I've asked you to mic The thing up. is, though, no. the venue was, like, barely big enough to justify him even being there in the first place. Yeah. Like, we could have just wound our amps up and played at, like, fucking practice room volume, and it probably would have had the same level of impact as him and his fucking shitty well, fucking MT beat up, yeah, beat up tops or whatever that he had. And you just think, well, what's the fucking point? Because that happens you know, so much. Go on, Ben. You know, Sorry. you know, there's a there's a there's a phenomenon with in-house sound engineers, I find. I think if you if you work in, in the touring world or if you work in festivals and you know, working for big big PA companies or or just generally professional outfits, you you kind of you appreciate it more, and you and like if I go away to a big festival with a, a load of good techies, I spend my whole time learning. I'm always like, oh wow, how did you do that? And oh, that's great, that sounds good. How did you get that? And I'm there learning from these guys because there's more experienced people around me, and course, it's, you yeah. know, I, I I see it as a, a great opportunity to learn. Uh, but you, most of these house Guys, of maybe uh, Todd, Todd when he made band in the in the eighties, and uh, and now I just work here and hate me life, and you know, <laughs> and just 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 drink pints and don't wear deodorants, and you know, it's it's, it's a standard thing. I, I did a show in Bristol recently, uh, must be eighteen months ago. I can't remember the name of the venue or a wood name and shame you, because you're shocking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this this place in Bristol, they'd had they'd had uh, an Ed Sheeran tribute on the night before. So this guy this guy was buzzing about how great it sounded. And I turned up. Half his PA was broken. I was like, you know, you're missing an HF from that box there, you're missing mids from this box. This sub isn't even plugged in. You know. <laughs> uh I was like, what what do you normally do with EQ in here? Because it was like a weird can. It looked like Oh, it looked like the galley of a slave ship inside it. It looked, <laughs> just looked grim and awful, right? I said, what do you normally do with EQ in this place? And he went, oh, I don't use EQ. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay, okay, thanks, mate. That's that's the last bit of help I need from you today. So, so you may as well go and sit down, do you try know- and solder enough cables together to do the gig with. <laughs> That uh, that actually reminds me of. Do you remember that 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 band Hayseed Dixie? Who, oh yeah, yes. yeah. So uh, they they I think their first album, which seemed popular for some strange reason, was just them like doing covers of fucking ACDC and other rock things. Yeah. But bluegrass, in in they? bluegrass format, yes. Mm. And there was there was a a, a bold exclamation inside the uh, album notes which was absolutely no eq or compression has been used in the making of this album I'm like wow. Wow. why why is that a boast like why is that something that you <laughs> are 
proud of. Proud of. <laughs> it's like sitting sitting yeah. down at a restaurant and you get your 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 bill at the end and it says absolutely nobody wash their hands in the making. Of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I like, mean, oh, really? <laughs> I mean, if if you can if you can make a great sounding album without using those things, then you know what? That's very impressive. But to be honest, yeah. it's just like. It's a bit like turning up to a builder's site with like a, just a screwdriver, isn't it? Really, you just think, well, it's well unless you're going to spend all day screwing in screws. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, Greg, I seem to remember you telling me a story a while back of doing front of house for a band uh, and uh, using backing tracks. Yes, <laughs> I ended up having to like drive this wedding band to Newcastle. To play this phone call. <laughs> 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 uh, Hang on, I'm gonna have to go back to like to the first point where, like, you know, I, I, get, I get a phone call at like two o'clock in the afternoon, and I've got to be there at five. I think we can and all then, fill in the blanks here, folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but anyway, but, <laughs> but but anyway, I ended up the, the, the van that we were meant to. I was meant to pick the band up, and then take them to Newcastle but the van hire place had closed so we had to go and basically go and hire a splitter like a sprinter to drive like this rhythm section because it was a bit of a scratch band so everyone like everyone ended up in Newcastle and when they got there there was like basically half a PA system and like three working XLRs and there was like seven people in the band and there was brass and keys and drums and track and oh god man and i had a really really low ceiling i remember like the ceiling was about seven foot off the floor and the drummer drummer had like these like peisty roods like the worst oh wow (laughs) was it jerry johnson in in, 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 in a funk band so he just drowned (laughs) the whole thing yes yes but um, but basically, like for some reason, because it was a scratch band, they still thought it was a good idea to continue with the backing. So like halfway through, like the verse, like the key, the keys player or the bass player will go to a chorus oh, while yeah. the verse is still playing out, and then they're like, oh, oh, it's a chorus. All of a sudden, they'll play the chorus, then they'd finish the chorus, and then and then and then go back to the second verse, and then the chorus horns would kick in. Oh, nice. <laughs> So it was just like, oh man! But but the, but the drummer, the drummer wasn't like you know kill track, kill track. It was always like, yeah, I'm just gonna keep on welling these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but the worst thing was is that before we went on stage, I got handed like an iPad with like the wedding playlist on, like a Spotify playlist that got like pre-done before the gig, and um, this. This golf course was so remote, it didn't even have any Wi-Fi. So I was just like, oh, my God. So the, the bride came over to me, flapping like all red-faced, like virtually in tears, going, where's the music? Where's the music? I'm like, what are you on about? She went up the music, like the pre-wedding music. I was like, oh, shit, yeah. And then, like, <laughs> there was no shit, Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so basically, I had to go and find some Al fella who was, like, sat at the bar in another room to lend me a smartphone so I could tether it oh. so I could at least play some. <laughs> oh, man. 
I had a cracker like that, a similar Wi-Fi based story. I was working at a festival down in Kent, a country music festival. You can, I think you can fill in the blanks there as well. And, uh, <laughs> Running theme. I got, I got put, I got put in this um, <clears throat> what was called the biker bar because I was told by the the girl who was one of the organisers or, or at least in charge of the production. Uh, she's a very nice girl. Uh, and very cool, and she gave me towels. Thank you. Um, I, I got put in there because uh, I was told that it was full of a few uh, difficult characters. So she said, "I'm going to put my my gobby scouser in there. <coughs> he'll, he'll hold the fort down." So then uh, the the understanding what the, this this ve- this venue, by the way, was a tent that was um, it was the in, inside of it was wrapped in. Um, corrugated iron pretty much they built walls out of corrugated iron uh, to make it look cool right uh, oh, sounded sounded ideal as you can imagine yeah <clears throat> and uh, then I was given uh, the address to an internet radio station that I was supposed to play the background music for all day from from this internet radio station <laughs> I had to sit this guy down and explain that we we're in a field and we don't have any internet here, except for the production Wi-Fi, which you you don't get the password for unless you know, unless you've done something terrible that they can hold against you forever. So I had to explain to this guy, you know, no internet equals no internet radio. And this is a this is a this is a country music festival, right? So he goes to me, just play something off your phone. I was like, mate. How much country do you think I've got on my phone? <laughs> I may I maybe had four or five songs that were off, you know, soundtracks or something. Lone Star that. on or something. Oh. Maybe I'm amazed by you. Yeah, no, I I just instead <laughs> I just instead put Soundgarden on for three days. Brilliant. Oh, that'll do it. <laughs> I've been away for too long. <laughs> <laughs> Was it bad boat finger as well? Then brilliant. Yeah. Um, There's a there's an interesting tweet that I think that we should mention actually because it's it's from your brother Ben. Oh yeah, go ahead. Um, Let me just uh, find it because it's quite interesting. John the Uh, article. Indeed, he says. I mean, I don't really know what this is in response to, uh, but he says uh, this is John Murray Ben's brother. Uh, I think often it's artists' lack of understanding of the job of a sound engineer that can cause problems. To be at a good level, it takes 10 years plus to train and train ears. Most artists cannot get across what they want, but hiring their own technicians can help to create a mutual language. Working with a tech you've never met at a festival is the same as the drummer's first gig, having only listened to and not played with the band. That's not to say there's tons of shite, there's not tons of shite ponytails about that have no business behind a desk that are uh, better monitor engineers are generally ex-musicians as they can understand a band's needs better usually yeah so there's a few yeah. points that well, I wouldn't well, disagree with I don't think yeah I mean it's I, I know what he's saying it's not quite as extreme as the you know the drummer but if you if you're asking an engineer to interpret because I see it as an art form, really. It's interpretation of what the band are doing because I've got control of, ev- of everything that's going on stage. 
I've got control of what the audience hears. And if I want to put, you know, a delay on your snare, then everyone's going to hear, hear a, a, a delayed snare. But obviously, yeah. I'm not going to do that. So, yeah, I mean, it, it is, it's important to know what, what the band wants and what is achievable. So there's a point that I kind of want to discuss is like the the obviously there's a there's a spectrum of roles or a spectrum of of um of scale with uh with with front of house engineering you mm. know you've got front of house engineer in like a tiny venue and then you've got everything all the way up to festivals and obviously at a festival or a big venue you've got yeah. complete control over the sound uh-huh. So I'm sort of hypothesizing whether engineers that are working really tiny venues get really pissed, more likely to get pissy with bands because they actually have less control over what's happening. Because yeah. a lot of the time you, you'll go into a venue and this is definitely something that we've experienced as a band where, and loads of bands, especially rock bands, we're a loud band. It comes with the territory of what we do. So constantly in little venues, we'll be told we need to be quieter from stage. It doesn't happen that often, but when it does, it's like... But the thing is, is that we're louder than your system. So if we turn down, that makes your system like sort of the, the, the focal point, but it takes all the power out of our performance. So where's yeah. the kind of where's the compromise? Where's the ground in those situations? Because it's happened a lot where I've been told to turn down, and people have told me you need to turn back up again because we can't actually hear what you're doing. And yeah, that's annoying, isn't it? I, it, it is annoying, and for 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 me, I, I've worked in everything from big stages, front of house festivals, to small venues like uh, you know, like shipping forecasting in Liverpool, which is like a 180 cap maximum, even though I did the 1975 in there and there was about 400 kids in there. It was terrifying. Fuck. <laughs> um, but I tend to work from the limitation of the system. Like, say, like when you guys came down there, the the, the bar that I had to mix from was the volume of Greg's yes, snare. So everything has to... <laughs> yeah. I, you know, there's no, there's no need for a microphone on it. Uh, but it, it was so loud that everything had to come up to that level. Do you know what I mean? In order for the mix to sound right, so you, you do you do have occasions where uh, you'll 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 be in a venue and say something like the snare is so loud that there's nothing you can do. You can't get everything louder. Up, you can't get everything up to that level because it'll just make people in the audience vomit at how loud it was. <laughs> it's like say for instance, I was doing. I was doing Dinosaur, I think it was Dinosaur oh, Jr. No oh, Christ, that's a loud so band. Who, oh, my God. Like, the, the guy had, like, a, a double Marshall stack or something, like a Messer stack, and he had a Fender twin on a stand at eye level, pointed, <laughs> pointed, pointed away from the audience into his face, like, <laughs> blisteringly loud. I, I managed about two songs... I was meant to be mixing them. I managed about two songs and I had to step outside because it was making me feel sick. Fucking oh, hell. <laughs> the, guitar, the, the guitars were so loud that it was making me ill. And there's people, other people in the audience just like, turn it down. I was like, 
that I can't. That is what's that, coming that's from what's the stage. From the stage, fucking. So, hell. so there's a fine line between somebody saying, you know, come and turn your amp down, and you know, generally we're not trying to ruin your day by telling yeah. you, uh, speaking as the as the representative of sound engineers, we're not trying <laughs> to ruin your day by telling you to turn down, or you know, I'll, I'll, telling somebody to play lighter is a bit different. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. But if, but if I say turn your amp down, it's for the good of the mix. It's not just yeah, so I yeah. can go, ha ha, fuck that guy. I but then sometimes yeah. a thing will happen where an engineer will tell you to turn down before he's even heard a full mix of the band. And yeah. that seems like, that seems a bit counterintuitive to me because usually your levels are set according to how loud you are as a unit. Or, you know, if you if you understand how your band yeah. mixes itself anyway. Sure, but if you if you put an amplifier down in front of me and you blare out the, a chord, just well, so you've just turned it on, I'll know if it needs to be turned down or not generally by hearing that first play, or I'll see the VU on the on the channel on the desk light <laughs> up red and I'll go, holy shit! No, can you turn that down, please? But. Uh, you know, I, I, had a, I had a cracker of, of a one a couple of years ago at a festival. The guitarist who was extremely loud uh, was playing through a, a Fender Twin or something similar, like real stabby, stabby clean tone. Oh. And it was so loud. And I was like, man, can you turn it down? And he said, I can't. That's just, it's part of my sound. It's got to be that oh. loud. Oh. And I was like, okay. So I spoke to my, I spoke to the guy who was stage teching. Uh, and I said, do me a favour, turn his amp around backwards to face the curtain. And uh, I said to the guy who's playing, look, I'll give you back any amount of level you want in your monitor. So, you know, you it's it's just, it's for me, we're going to turn this backwards. And he said, yeah, cool. And instead, instead of the, the stage tech lad turning the amp backwards, he turned it 90 degrees sideways and the band were playing in one of those shiny stretch tents, you know, the uh, you get at festivals, the red or yeah. blue stretch yeah, tents. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shiny walls. So I had a, basically had a, a about 130 decibel Fender Twin playing at eyeball level <laughs> coming from the wall to, to my <laughs> left-hand side. So, and it was, oh, oh, that was a sad day. <laughs> that, was a, that was a sad day. So, Ben, you, do you have any more uh, interesting tales? Juicy stories. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of more songs that attack artists. Uh, <laughs> more more <laughs> stories, rather. No, no. Uh, I'm just trying to think. There, there, there was a great one. As a, a good friend of mine, friend, friend of ours, people, a guy who, who, who Greg will know, definitely. There's a... a a local legendary sound engineer called Mike Doyle. Hey, who, uh, yeah, Doyley, love you, mate. Uh, I, I met him. I met him a few years ago. Uh, well, I'll say that probably ten years ago. And I, I always knew of him because he's you know well thought of. And uh, I, I ended up working on it. the first show I worked on with him was uh, in the the mask. I had the promoter call me and say, "Can you come down and?" get involved in this because I think Mike's about to kill everyone. And I said, yeah, okay. <laughs> so I went down, there's this, uh, I think this this occasion was this, no, I think they were Norwegian, some kind of Scandinavian 
death metal band. Uh, and they, they were setting pyros off on the stage while he was trying to cable up. Oh my God. <laughs> fucking hell. Oh God. <laughs> so he's trying to ca- he's trying to cable the stage and they're setting off flamethrowers. So it, it, I think he went outside for a smoke and I overtook the stairs setting up with the, the stage and just turned all their gas bottles off. But, uh, that, that band toured with uh, a trunk, like a giant uh, flight case, and uh, they they had it full of dead things, um, oh. basically like pigs' heads, and people oh. would bring stuff to people would bring stuff to the gigs for them to to throw in the trunk, and then they open the trunk in the venue, and it's so it's the venue smells like death. Oh, oh my god! And uh, the smell was absolutely outrageous. It took up. I think you could probably still smell it in there. If you go in the arts club theatre now, <laughs> and, you, and you can smell death, it's either it's either my soul or the the <laughs> remains of that band. Can you remember the name of the band? Because I think that needs no. sh- that needs vocally no. shaming. I That's can't. reprehensible I could, behavior. I, I could probably find out, but the one I remember one of the guys on the tour saying to me, uh, "Oh man, yeah, everyone's just dead sick on the bus." And I was like, "Yeah, no fucking wonder, man." <laughs> you're carrying a load of rotting you're carrying meat the around. plague. <laughs> You've God. literally got the plague in a box on it, your fucking trailer. It, it says it says a lot about the sort of music industry that that's kind of um, you know like if any any other any other industry had yeah. a trunk full of dead animals just sort of about, uh, you know, like about an office or something. Environmental health yeah. would shut the business down, you know, or it would be a oh, very, yeah. it would be yeah, very just... much, you need to get rid of that right now. Like the idea yeah. that, that that is just a thing that they do and they're cool with it is, um, imagine if they get stopped at like the border and there's a dog, yeah. like a sniffer dog and it's like, Party smell, bus, yeah, part of like well, cad- cadaver bus. As 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 a well seasoned, uh, you know, border crosser with 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 bands, uh, most dogs aren't there sniffing for bodies. <laughs> I guess that's so true. They, they probably get away with it. But uh, in the same venue, uh, working also with Doily uh, on this particular show as an American band playing. Can't remember their name either uh so this this american tour and that come in and they, they they all do that usual thing when a band arrives at a venue walk around you know look for the worst place they could possibly leave their guitar cases <laughs> um, walk, walk walk around the room clapping you know, like like, like, like yeah. they're learning something about you know the reflections in the room, and they're taking notes on this. It went so that uh, we had the I believe he was the singer up on the balcony, and I'm talking. I'm on stage talking to the front of house guy. It's only about what ten meters from the front of the stage to the front of house position in that venue, anyway. So I'm saying, oh, you know what? Uh, have you got a channel list? What is it you need? All, all during this time. The singer from the band is stood on the balcony going, Hey! Oh! 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 <laughs> oh! Oh! Throughout, throughout my whole attempted conversation with this front of house guy, to the point where I just put my hand up 
just like looked up at this guy in my, you know, threw him a look, should we say, and looked at the front of the house guy and said, I can't hear what you're saying with this lunatic up here clapping and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> so so the, the singer then fucks off. Uh, we finished cabling up or whatever. They, you know, went out for a smoke. And so I'm stood with the touring guy, and, you know, my colleagues. And the singer for this band comes outside and he's like, he goes up to me and he goes, don't be coming at me with that fucking passive aggression, man. And I was like, what? He's like, you fucking passive aggressive piece of shit. It's like, I'll fuck you up, motherfucker. And then walks away. And I just like looked at his touring engineer. I was like, is he for real? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, so I, I just couldn't understand quite how I had done wrong by you know Asking wanting to, to have a conversation with his crew. <laughs> but that's the kind of things that we as as techies have to deal with. With, with you know, you get these big personalities. Oh, he's such a such a, a wild one. You know, and he just likes to smash things up. That's, he likes to uh, that's like born out of that that sort of thing. It seems to happen at every level. There'll always yeah. be some person that, for whatever reason, they've gone through their life without ever anyone telling them no, and you just yeah. think yeah. that's just really bad for your personal development. Like it shouldn't be unreasonable for you to ask a man that's shouting to shut the fuck up, should yeah. it really? And I didn't uh, even do that. No, I, I should have. I should, maybe yeah. that would have been more active aggression yeah. rather than passive. <laughs> well, which that, I, you know, I generally deal in that more. <laughs> You're quite a, forth, a forthright gentleman, Ben. Yes, I'd say. Just don't don't suffer fools. Except um, for you fools. Ben, I did actually Ooh. have a question for you, which was, I mean, you may have covered this already, but just in fairly specific terms, what's, hmm. what's the worst venue that you've done front of house in that you can think of? Ooh, God, there's so many. <laughs> uh... Let's think. There's a there's an upstairs room in Sheffield O2. Right. Uh, that was that. I seem to remember that being particularly bad, but that was mostly because half the PA didn't work. Yeah. So that was pretty bad. The place I mentioned before in Bristol with uh, Mister I don't use deodorant or EQ. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was pretty bad. What's the uh, um, what's the the Venn diagram like between uh, people that don't use deodorant and people that don't use EQ? Do you think there's some crossover? I, th- I think it's you can almost not tell it's a Venn diagram. <laughs> I've got yeah, I've got a theory that sense of sound engineers graduate into being a sound engineer from working behind the counter at CEX. It's uh, possible. <laughs> I mean. It, it either goes one of one of two ways, doesn't it? You either go from CEX to sound engineer or just straight to prison for <laughs> having, having questionable information on your hard drive. <laughs> um, so a, a thing that we touched on really, really early on, which I'd quite like to talk about, is the point, the point of a sound check. Because... Yeah. I think sometimes there's a little bit of a uh, there's a little bit of uh, um, dissonance in terms of of what a band thinks a sound check is for and what a front of house engineer thinks a sound check is for. 
Because sometimes sure. I think we're a little bit guilty of just uh, turning up, playing a song, going, yeah, that sounds good to us. But part of the point of a sound check is so that your front of house engineer can get you sounding good through his PA, not necessarily about what your fallback is. And I think mm. a lot of bands just think that a sound check is about getting your monitor mix right. And uh, it's not, is it, Ben? Well, no. Um, but it, 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 in some ways it is. It, it's about... It's about making the band as comfortable as you can. And if that means you spend the soundtrack concentrating on their sound, and then when the show comes up, it takes you a song to get it to where you want it, then in my book, that uh, that's probably better than the band getting on stage going, turn this up, turn this down. True. No, this, this isn't loud enough. Or, uh, in, in, a, in a kind of a more pro setup, you, you mean where you've got a monitor engineer and what have you, you generally find everything's much smoother. People, by the time they get to that level, know what it's about and know what it's for. My peeve is bands who turn up and want to rehearse the full set. Oh, God, yeah. You know, we need to run this one. We haven't practised it. And it's like, well, too fucking bad. Yeah. It, it's like, it, it, it's not a rehearsal. No, I've definitely been in bands that have been guilty of that as well. Just sort of using yeah. soundcheck as a as a way to polish up a few songs or whatever. I mean, like yeah. we've, we've definitely done it with songs that we're like, right, we, this is a new song. We want to play it in the set. So we'll make that the song that we play in soundcheck. Yeah, but it's absolutely fine. But it's never about let's try and cram as many tunes in as we can, just so that we feel like we're, we're tight enough. Cause we're usually pretty, pretty uh, well, speedy in a soundcheck really, aren't we? It's yeah, not a lot going yeah. on in our sound. It's just like no, it's and it's just about getting the, you know, trans, transferring those sounds from the stage to the speakers and in the most authentic way that I can. But uh, how would you do it inauthentically? Uh, oh, just put loads of delay on the snare. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know it's. Bands, bands, you know, if your sound check is not a rehearsal. And also, all, all bands, a message from all sound engineers here. Gem- generally, we want to sound check all of you. We want to, because this is, this is an art form to us as well. We want it to sound as good as we can. If you're not getting a sound check, it's either because the promoter or the headline band doesn't care about you. <laughs> that's it it's a sort of bring this because I've, I've enjoyed this but to bring this podcast to somewhat of a close um i think oh, nearly all... finished your being have you yeah that's that's exactly <laughs> what it is yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um wh- who is the worst band that you've experienced so like whose sound has been the worst this is an open question but who's had the worst sound of a band you've played with or you've seen who's had the is absolute this, is this being what open to all of us yeah yeah not just Ben but like open to if you can think of it I, I will go first in saying that I got dragged to see the band Codaline right. at Glastonbury mm. uh, about I don't know seven or eight years ago and it was the worst because nobody noticed that the stage left front of house speakers were all dead. Oh, God, wow. Wow. Dear me, what what stage was this? Uh, that was the uh, what I believe is the John Peel stage. Oh. 
Shocking. So, yeah, oh that, was, um, that was pretty bad. So not really the band's fault? No, but uh, that's not, that wasn't that's, really my question. My question is like, who's sound in general? Well, I suppose it could be the band or the sound engineer's fault, but whose sound has been the worst you know, it's hard to like pin down about a specific band, but there's definitely been, there's been a few questionable moments, particularly early on at Arc Tangent, where the, I remember, I remember watching Blacklisters at Arc Tangent, whom I love, a brilliant band, but it was like half the PA was just not on. Like the guitars were just seemingly not going through the PA uh it was it was like the front and this was on the main stage as well it was like the main stage was being used exclusively the main stage pa was being exclusively used for vocals and nothing else so the vocals were like fucking 20 30 db louder than the band and this must be a a few years ago this yeah it was yeah it was like 2013 maybe uh, it, was, it was one. it was yeah it was it was a long time ago and it was it was like but it's funny because um i i did front of house for cleft at 2000 trees festival and mm. uh i think it's the same oh, i feel bad like i might cut this out actually because it feels like i'm slacking off two festivals i adore not bad but uh <laughs> I was doing I was doing front of house for Cleft at uh, Two Thousand Trees, and a mate of mine kind of ran over to me, and was like, "Mate, um, the Sennheiser Six Hundred Nines that they were on the guitar cab were facing the wrong way round, and they'd nice. been facing the wrong way round for like the whole day because the the stage manager thought that front, which is written on the mic, meant Should front face, face the audience." <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you got them set to figure a eight mode now? Sort it out. So, I was, and I remember like turning the faders up on Dan's guitar, going, Well, that sounds bad. And <laughs> Dan's guitar don't normally sound bad. Yeah. Um, and that was why. Uh, you get some kind of catastrophic stuff like that happens. I mean, there was a festival I went to with you guys uh, where. I think we we ended up getting them to rebuild the PA one year. <laughs> yeah. If you remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was that was an interesting one. But um, in terms of like the worst I've heard, it's, I don't know. It's difficult to say. I've heard so much shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was who, who who's that band? That, that, I, had, I had a I was working at a festival in Liverpool. We had the Horrors playing. Right, uh, and uh, they are a good band, and uh, they've got a good, they've got a good crew now. Uh, who I know a few of. Them. All right, Cole, if you listen to this, I'm not slagging you off. Uh, <laughs> whoever the guy was who was with them at the time was just trying his best to to blow my PA up. Oh god! Uh, he, was, he was just <laughs> he was just clipping everything he could and just pushing it and pushing it. And the guy who I had a front of house for me on that that stage was saying to him, man, you need to turn it down. You know, it's, it's, it's distorting and sounds bad. You know, you're not adding anything by adding this volume. And it got to within a a minute of him being pushed off the desk and told to go and sit down. 
Fucking <laughs> hell. They've, they've, got, they've, got a, they've got a different crew now, I believe. But, uh, well, uh, well, I know, I understand, because I know them. But, uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a sad day. A sad day. Yeah. I have... I've got an interesting, I've got a fun story about uh, a Scouse band, uh, the Lightning Seeds, mm. uh, who, a Scouse band, who I actually have come to enjoy a lot more in my uh, my adult years. But I did, I, how it goes. Um, yeah, you should. But um, I drove their gear and then picked them up for a gig about two years ago. I needed a bit of cash and uh, I did a driving gig and they were all very, very nice and their crew were lovely. Uh, and so anyway, the, uh, it was a festival over in, I don't know, dogfoot country, Lancashire somewhere. I can't remember, <laughs> but the, but the fucking, the, yeah, well, it says a lot. Uh, the, um, the woman who was sort of like the band liaison said, okay, well, listen, 10 o'clock is the cutoff. We've got to, you've got to finish by 10 o'clock. And if you don't finish before 10 o'clock, then, you know, it just, everything will, yeah, the sound will go. Everybody yeah, turns yeah, into a pumpkin. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, they had uh, the the band on before them. Please bleep this out, Tom. Uh, the Kooks. No, it wasn't the Kooks. Sorry, that's the wrong one. Sorry, it was the Pigeon Detectives. Oh, I'm not bleeping, I am not bleeping that out. Uh, they they went on for far too long. Oh, and, why? And it... Uh, well, obviously they've got an extensive back catalogue that needs. Um, <laughs> it, so they were like the, the band, the Lightnesses were frantically scrolling out songs from the set list, saying we haven't got. Well, we're not going to have time to do that. We're going to have to get rid of that one. Get rid of that one. And these were big songs they were having to get quite out because of the inadequacies of the previous band. So anyway, they get on and they. I reckon they only they must have only had about half maybe 40 minutes for a band of that stature 40 minutes isn't a lot for a headline so no no not at all um so sorry i kind of yeah they were headline i didn't say that before anyway it gets to i look at my watch or look at my phone it's 9 58 right this is 2018 this is the year england had progressed quite well in the world cup and three lions had come back into the canon of yeah, popular yeah. songs and they they started the keyboards for Three Lions, and the crowd are going fucking bananas because of and it's, so yeah. And as the drums kick in, the fucking clock strikes ten. Oh. To, to get to bang the bar, like the first beat of that bar of it's coming home. <laughs> Bang, front of house comes down. It just couldn't have been better times. Oh, that's the most musical blue balling if ever there was one. Fuck it. And it was like the crowd were going, the crowd were going mad, and the whole band, the whole band, because the band didn't know what to do. They just pointed at the side stage and were just like, it's fucking. It's the monitor, it's the monitor engineer's fault. He's ruined your life. (laughs) (laughs) I I do like that as well. But like to be honest, Ian Brody, the singer, was quite. He come off and he was quite lazy fair, and he was like, "Well, these things happen, you know, whatever." Still getting paid. Yeah, yeah, well, but the ba- the bassist who I I don't know I don't know the bassist name. He was apoplectic with rage, really? and I I think in his situation, I'd have done exactly the same thing. Yeah, pretty annoying. I've had that, I've had similar kind of thing with with bands overplaying, and you know acting as if like they're fucking rock stars and it's you know their right to overplay because it's anti-establishment and all that and and then you turn them off and they do that thing of pointing at me 
boo, it's his fault. Everyone booing him, uh, like as if I give a shit. You know, yeah. I, go out, I go out to centre stage and take a bow. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had to get them off because they overplayed by half an hour and they're shite. You know, <laughs> I've, I've had that a good few times, but you know, well, this this whole trying to shame the techies thing needs to stop. Yeah. Needs to stop. <laughs> it's good we've, we've we've had a rep the elected representative of the the sound engineers union on to stand your ground so thank you for coming on Ben elected by no one in my uh, my Stalinist role yes as the, as the mouthpiece yeah. <laughs> well, yeah the despot <laughs> Thank you, uh, chaps. Thanks, well, for, it's been, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure, boys. Uh, probably a been. good time to to call it, isn't yes. it? Enjoy the rest of your isolation during this COVID-19 outbreak of 2020. And this, now we've learned how to do this, there'll be a lot more podcasts. Yeah, there should be more, talk, shouldn't there, really? Of us talking yeah. absolute shite. Um, yeah, I believe 2020 then, is going to be the year of winter. Where yeah. summer will cease to exist. So government information, guys, is you know stay in your house, stay locked up, be sad. But I say get outside <laughs> in the sunshine. Sunshine's very important. Eat oranges; they're good for your immune system. Have uh, and, uh, have and don't be sad because everything sadness is going to kill us quicker than any kind of virus. So try and get and outside. All- and also, if you're contemplating doing a live stream of you playing acoustic covers, don't bother. Now's the, now's the time to knock that on the Never, air. never do that. <laughs> right, nice song. Oh, yeah. Thank Bye. you very much. Bye. Oh, here he is. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> See you, everyone.